We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. right welcome back to maniacal music musings i'm your host jeremy and we're your musers here to steal away the night with our godless noise because there ain't no jesus here we're emotional creatures here to celebrate saint satan's day with the werewolves of armenia it's fun trust me mr crowley has taught us to take the church by storm in the name of the seven deadly saints my co-host is here of course Brought back via resurrection by erection, as a ripe fruit for the wicked he is. He pants like a dog without water as he has the revelation of his suicide solution. He's the midnight messiah in Moscow after dark who tries to eat my tongue for some weird fucking reason, I don't know. Makes me question where do I belong, good sir, as the shape-shifting reptilian overlords control your mind. I'm over here trying to watch no-bone movies while you're looking at me, looking at you. Motherfucking Chancy Groif! Hi. And that's right. Your musers are back once again. And I fucking enjoyed the shit out of that intro. I'm saying that right now. I wrote that and I was fucking pleasuring my mind right in that, basically, in a way. I had kids around. I couldn't do anything else. But uh, we are joined once again by another amazing guest who wants to come and talk music with the musers. Not oh, dude, that should be our short name. Music with the musers. What the fuck? But what many easier people remember to? But uh, our guest tonight is Dick Wybrow, best-selling supernatural thriller author and stand-up comedian in the past, I believe. How you doing tonight, Dick? Good, man. And uh, it's actually this afternoon where I am because uh, I am True. in Auckland. I am in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, where I am in the future. It is summer here right now. Uh, allegedly uh it's been raining since last january i think every day in auckland but supposedly summer is coming um we're, we've been promised a drought which i'm very excited about <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I know you're supposed to be worried about those things but i'm i'm crossing fingers and toes and doing do an anti-rain dance anything i can i just i just want to be able to see the sun is all i want to do although here in auckland in new zealand we've got a special kind of sun i don't know it's because if there's because there's a bit of a hole in the ozone sort of thing going on, which is bad, right? But so apparently this time of year, it kind of expands uh, a little bit more. And it's seasonal. This I didn't know. So the the, the ozone kind of like, it, it, it shrinks in the winter and it expands uh, in the summer. And so uh, so when you go out in the summertime, you walk around and I'm pretty pale. Even though I've actually got some Māori in me, Māori in me. Um, I've got a lot of Irish in there as well, and so I'm pretty p pretty pale. And so when I go out into the sunlight here, when that ozone's wide open like a lens, uh, man, I can feel it. 
I can hear my skin sizzling. Um, and I'm looking forward to the, the day that I get a nice third degree burn from the sun because I haven't seen it in months. So that's that's how that's what's happening here right now. Although I know you guys got winter where you are at the moment, but it's uh, it's it, it, it's got the summer's got to come here. I've got I've got to get my sun again. Yeah, it's winter here. We got a nor'easter coming, at least to the east coast, uh, this weekend. Nice. So yay! But uh, and then, uh, Chancey, you've all, you're down in Iowa, so you've got those special. You've got you've got those those snows in Iowa, where it's just the state just closes. I remember yeah, growing up in the Midwest. I'm trying not to jinx anything. That's why I'm not saying a word. Because like <laughs> we like it's like it's like you not seeing the sun. I haven't seen the other S word and I'm trying to keep it as far away as I can. I know that's not going to last too much longer, but I'm going to take I, all the yeah. no snow I can get. Man, I was up in Waterloo, Iowa one winter and that's a special kind of cold. You know, when that snow comes in and shuts you down because I was there for Christmas <laughs> and it was just, and everybody sort of prepared. You got stuff in your house in case you can't open the door because of the snow. <laughs> that, that is a foreign concept to a lot of people, but uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I know me some Iowa snow, man, and I'm there with you. Yeah, it's it's never pretty East Coast or Iowa. It's never pretty, honestly. But fucking up if, if we've had none of it yet either, and I'm praying that we just get rain this weekend. Oh, well, okay. I have my reason for wanting a storm too, though. But that's different reasons. But I, I love storms. I miss storms. We don't have thunderstorms out here so much. Well, I don't know what it is here in New Zealand. They, they don't have lightning and thunderstorms. Lightning here freaks them out. Because it's just not a common occurrence. Like up in the Midwest, man, we get just ones that rattle the windows. I, I miss that actually. I, I miss that sort of that sort of implied power of God thing coming in, where you look up at the sky and go, like, "What did we do? <laughs> what, have, what have we done?" <laughs> or the nights when it's just it's so hot that you just get lightning for no reason, just because it's hot yeah. out. It's like fuck, it's yeah. fucking hot out. I'm gonna be sparkly about it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, jazz hands. <laughs> right exactly well we are here to talk about music of course and what an episode we have for you tonight these these three albums i am beyond excited for every single fucking one of them so let's get started off with dick telling us what album he wanted to bring uh so uh I, i'm an old rocker from like the 80s and uh so you know i, I was one of those kids in school <laughs> that used to wear the uh, the black concert t-shirts with with the sleeves torn off i don't know if the kids today do that anymore but that this is what we used to do uh and so uh, i try to go through so like it was tough to kind of pick just one album because i got a lot a lot that i love but i'd probably go with uh, ozzy's uh, first solo album 1980 blizzard of oz um which i really i really dig that Mr. Trowley, what went down in your head? Oh, Mr. Crowley, did you talk to the dead? Your life's not to me, seems so tragic. Where's the thrill of it all? You know, it's got, you know, it's got, you know, the big, it's got a bit of a power ballady thing in there. It's, it's got some legal action in there and it's got, uh, you know, one of all time greatest uh, heavy hard rock songs, I guess, of all time. So no, it's, it's a great album. Well, Chancy, what did you think of Dick's album as of any dance? Honestly, I was stoked because it's been almost 20 years since I've actually listened to the album. 
and getting to listen to it again and having it be the remastered version with all the little extra stuff that you get with there. It was, uh, it was a refreshing taste of nostalgia as well as, you know, you get the extra stuff, like, you know, some of that live stuff thrown in there. You're just like, Oh, okay. All right. And honestly, I couldn't say anything bad. I mean, it's Randy Rhodes, it's Randy fucking yeah. Rhodes, man. Like that's, that's they didn't even, they could have took all the vocals and every other instrument out except for Randy Rhodes and it'd still be solid in my book. Yeah, I kind of have to 100 percent agree with what Chancey said. I mean, it's Ozzy, so I I mean, well, to be honest, my listeners, Dick gave me a choice between two albums, like a lot of guests will do, because they'll say like, which one do you want me to bring? And I honestly don't even remember what the other one was because it was so long ago. But it had to, I mean, out of the two, it had to be fucking Ozzy because we haven't had this, we haven't had any Ozzy albums on at all solo or group and it's been almost a year and a, it's been a year and a half now at least since we started this show so i mean i was kind of surprised at that so i'm like you know what ozzy needs to come on the show finally it's been about fucking time and fuck blizzard laws i mean i i mean i am 100 not the biggest ozzy fan in the world like i'm just not like i love his music i will not turn off his music which is on the radio or if it comes up on my spotify playlist i'll not turn it off but it's just i'm not i don't go looking for ozzy's music it's just a thing. I mean, Black Sabbath, I listened to so much when I was younger and it got overplayed and I just can't listen to it too much anymore because I listen to it yeah. so fucking much. I mean, uh, Electric Funeral, War Pigs, all those. I listened to them like constantly on Burt CDs back in the day. So I just got overplayed with Black Sabbath. And Ozzy solo stuff, I was really into his solo stuff in the 2000s when he released... Um... No More Tears? Yeah, when he released No More Tears. It, there was two albums he released like back-to-back, like couple years apart and i love both of those black rain i think was one of the albums but i love those albums are amazing i love those albums and i almost wanted to bring one of those today but i'm like no nah, i'm not bringing two Ozzy albums to a show i can't <laughs> i would have done the same thing i would have brought another one if you both would have picked an Ozzy album i would have fucking picked an Ozzy album too and like I mean, nope i mean i couldn't do it with prince i'm not gonna do it with ozzy i'm not gonna bring two Ozzy albums i couldn't bring two prince albums on the show or three it would have been three prince albums i'm pretty sure but um but so i mean it's ozzy i like I, I never actually listened to this CD all the way through. I've only heard random songs off it and uh, covers of some of these songs from other bands. So I, which I'm going to do, but I did enjoy the CD immensely. And I mean, it was Ozzy. I knew what I was going into. I knew the I knew the guitarist is amazing. I knew Ozzy's voice is amazing and very unique. No one can match his voice. So you know, and I love the album too because like all of our favorite albums, to some extent, you know, it's not just the music on it. It's not just you know, the singing guitar, player, percussion, whatever it might be. It's also sort of remind you of a bit of a time. You know, mm-hmm. our favorite albums, you kind of attach, it has a bit of an emotional connection to it. And so um, this, for me, uh, I actually caught onto this album a little bit late. Uh, it would have been late 80s because uh, this came out in 1980. Uh, and it was, I just moved to Dallas and I was sort of like, I didn't know anybody at the time. And I met this one dude who was really an Aussie and he really got me introduced into it. And he was a guitar player. And so we'd sit around in his room and uh, we'd get in stone and he would just be playing, you know, along with the album uh, trying to keep up with Randy. Good luck with that. But it was, it was just one of those. And then over the years, just more and more, how I just kept on coming back to him, back to it. And, and just when I, when I went and saw Ozzy in concert, I think I actually saw Ozzy probably before I got into the solo stuff. I'm trying to remember. But anyways, um, it was I think it was the first time I'd ever heard a dude say, I love you on stage. 
so here you go to this rock concert, you know, rawr, you know, hook em horns and all this. Here's the guy that bit the, bit the head off a bat and was accused of being a Satanist. And he's up there literally saying how much he loves people. And I had never heard that before. This wasn't something that in the 80s or maybe even the very early 90s that dudes kind of just said. And I. And he, and he just didn't care. This is how I feel. I'm worth billions, so I can say whatever I want. And so for all the sort of negative press he got, because he got a lot of negative press and took a lot of heat in the 80s, he's a warm dude, you know? And I think even he knows that if it wasn't for some amazing people around him, he'd be dead. <laughs> he'd be a long oh, time dead. As, uh, as um, Nikki Six said in his biography, if it wasn't for Sharon, Ozzy would have been dead a long time ago. But, yeah. I mean, and... This is Nikki Six telling stories of Ozzy wearing a sundress in the streets of London, pissing the streets. So, yeah. <laughs> well, after, from what I know of the story, and I am not an Ozzy expert at all, but from what I know of the story, after, you know, Sabbath broke up, uh, Ozzy pretty much locked himself in a hotel room, did drugs for a couple of months, and he was heading down that path. And Sharon was the one, and I don't think they were together yet at that point, but Sharon was the one who said, okay, you're done. <laughs> dragged his ass out got on make an album and what a hell of an album he made uh blizzard of oz uh is just is great and i think there's some allusion to that one of the songs that uh i liked from the album a uh, bit of an uh i always felt that uh suicide solution um it's a song that ozzy ended up getting um sued for in the 80s a california couple um had accused ozzy of inciting their child to uh, take his own life. And obviously the case got dropped, but it was one of those that, you know, could have set a bit of a precedent, but I always felt that that song and the way the progression of it, because in the end it gets a little bit lighter, was probably a little bit how he had felt in that hotel room. Like, you know, I got nothing left anymore, this sort of thing. But uh, I think he had claimed at one point it was about Bon Scott from ACDC, but uh, most people think that the, it was about him. Uh, so no, that would be that's it's one of the tracks on the uh, album that I really dug. Well, uh, while we're talking about tracks you dug, why don't you give us your top five for your album? So I would say yeah, number five is Suicide Solution. Goodbye to Romance. I love that. It's a cool slow track. Uh, it's one of those that you you, you pull a lighter out to uh, in the concert, right? You flick it out when you uh, when I start singing. Uh, I'd say my number three would be I Don't Know. It's a great opening track, real powerful, great lyrics and uh, guitar riffs and a bit of an allusion to sort of this. Um, again, Ozzy being very sort of real, like I always took it as him saying that because he was a bit of a star and had done so well that people were like coming to him almost like a guru. He's like, I, 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 don't ask me. <laughs> I'm just making this up as I go along. Um, and Mr. Crowley, which is a great tune. Um, a bit of a nod to Aleister Crowley, um, the very famous mm -hmm. Satanist. Um, and I think to some extent that was probably a bit of uh, Ozzy thumbing his nose at all the detractors saying that he was a, sa a Satanist. Uh, but, it, but still, in, in itself, a great song. And of course, um, Crazy Train, which everybody knows. I mean, even fans of Ozzy know that song, uh, which has an amazing riff. And I always thought many years ago that, you know, going off the rails, I always thought it was about him doing coke. <laughs> but, but when you take a look at the lyrics, actually, no, it's, it was actually at the time, uh, it's, it's about uh, Cold War. It was about the Cold War. And I've actually met people in recent years that do have, don't know what the Cold War, have heard the term, but don't know what it is. Basically, it's just Russia versus the U.S., and they sort of stood there toe to toe. No one fired a shot, but we had plenty of casualties was the idea. But it was just the mania behind it. 
And so this was, you could argue this was Ozzy's anti-war song with a great riff. In fact, I think Guitar Magazine named it one of the, the top nine or top 10 solos of all time. So it's a great, it's, it's just a great party tune. Um, I, you know, it, it's a great album. I, it's one I really enjoy. Like I said, it's not just the music on it, but also those, uh, those amazing memories of getting to know Gary, uh, a good friend of mine uh, in Dallas when, when I didn't have a lot of other people around. And so uh, it's uh, real special to me. All right. Well, there you go. And I'm actually trying to, oh, there, maybe, 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 because, uh, no, because we're, we're doing the Rolling Stone top 500 in a bracket. And you got me curious to if Crazy Train's on it even. I mean, I feel like it has to be. It'll definitely be in the top 500. I'm sure it would uh, be. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, but I'm getting up to. Was it, was it one of the ones we did already, Chancy? No. That that's not on there. What? Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Fucking Rolling Stone couldn't tell a fucking good <laughs> song from a hole in the ground anyway. I mean, oh, I, I they're. I mean, the only thing that came up when I was searching was Crazy in Love and by Beyonce and Crazy oh, by fucking course. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, Metal, I, get yes. I got a chance over the years to uh, interview Ozzy a couple of times when I was doing radio because, you know, they'd call in with concerts, stuff like that. Uh, a real warm dude, but, and I know you've probably heard it before or maybe you've heard one of his radio interviews, but... You only understand about every third word. And and over the years, it got more harder and harder to understand the guy. And I mean, he admits to a lot of the drug and alcohol use. And then there was something to be said for like that. He has some condition or something. I don't know if we heard about this, but uh, but basically, I think he's just fried himself out. But he was always laughing. Seemed to have a great time. And I know that when anytime he's speaking to me, old boy wasn't dialing the phone. <laughs> Somebody was beep, beep. Boop, boop, a hand in the phone, Ozzy. You had no idea who he was talking to, uh, but no, always a good cat. I could imagine him just picking up the phone, like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, it's just, yeah. You know, he, w- he would talk and he'd be just like, oh, yeah, I got into the whole thing with the VP there. <laughs> You're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. In part two, because he's got he's got a bit of an accent, but he's got his own Aussie accent. So no, he's a good guy. Right. I'm pissed off now. There's not one Aussie song in the top 500. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm really I'm not, not surprised. surprised. I'm not surprised, but I mean, if they're gonna put fucking uh, that Motorhead song that was in the finals in the last part, uh, if they're gonna put Ace of Spades versus <laughs> like in, in there, like. Like Crazy Train is right up there with Ace of Spades and everybody's book of classic yeah. rock legendary songs. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But, Chancey, what were your top five Aussie songs, if you can narrow it down to five even? Actually, well, I, I had seven. Uh, seven. Seven was uh, Suicide Solution. Uh, six was Crazy Train. Uh, number five was Goodbye to Romance. Correct. Number four was The Split for Me. One of them was D. And then the other one is the out the outtake that Randy Rhodes did on that solo. I fucking loved it, dude. I was listening to it and like I because like what I what I'll do is I'll put on an album and I'll start to play a game that I've played a million times before. So I'm kind of just zoning out, taking it all in. And then all of a sudden we get to that one. It's like only like a minute and a half, two minutes, something like that. And it's just literally just guitar. And I'm just like, what the what the fuck is this? And I click on it, I'm like, oh my God. It's an outtake. Fucking sold to the man with gray in his hair. And uh, 
normally I would put that normally I'd put that stuff at number one, but uh, with it being Ozzy and the other stuff that I have up there, I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, number three was Revelation. Oh, yeah. uh, number number two was Mr. Crowley, and uh, number one for me was I don't know because it was like I've always that was one of the first songs that I actually kind of learned as far as uh, by accident just you know you hit the A string and then you hit the A chord and you're like wait a second and then you start fucking with that A string and you're like wait a minute and then you kind of learn how it's done and you're like that's it really that's fucking it. And then you get all the other extra stuff in there. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, Randy, I get you. Well, I actually had seven too, Jamsy. They're nowhere. They're not similar at all. But I had seven as well. Um, actually, it's funny. I think I have a couple that no one else said. But my, my number seven was no bone movies because I know what the fuck I expect when I saw that title, and I was just like, huh? And I was like, I listened to it. I'm like, all right, it's. Got decent guitar. I'm like, it can go on there, honorable mentions. And the other honorable mention, number six, is looking at me, looking at you, because I, I like that song. It's catchy. And I, I've heard it before. I mean, there's there had I know I've heard covers of it. It's a good it's a good song if any band wants to do that one. But and then my number five, my number three, I never heard before. And they were they freaking blew me away. Number five was Revelation Mother Earth, because the guitar in that was incredible and I liked the message behind it. Number four is Run Through Crazy Train because it like a lot of his like a lot of Black Sabbath songs to me. It's so overplayed. I can't listen to that song like when it comes on mixes anymore because it's just so overplayed. I mean, rappers use it, wrestling people views used it when I was a kid. Like Jesus, like everything used right. it. It's just so many commercials, so many. Uh, my number three though was Steal Away the Night because that That's a great- was an amazing song I never heard before and I freaking loved it. I mean, just yeah, Randy's guitar and all these is just fucking incredible. But and then number two was Suicide Solutions. I like darker songs like that in metal, and I, and I was like, I could dig this. I could dig this. So it would have been number one. It it could have been number one, but number one had to be Mr. Crowley because Randy's riffs on that are fucking beyond believable good. And there's a cover Cradle of Filth does of it that I fucking love. I love how heavy they get in their cover of it, and it's just. To finally hear that song like all the way through, like an Ozzy's version is pretty cool because now I actually know what it's based off of. I mean, I always just heard Cradle's version and freaking loved it. I'm like, oh, wow. I think it's on Godspeed. I think it's on Godspeed and Devil's Thunder's uh, like bonus tracks, but it's just such a good song. Like, and I love the way Ozzy sings it too. I mean, it's definitely, of course, different than Danny Phelps singing it, but it's he sings it beautifully. So, but those were my top seven for Ozzy. I mean, it's fucking Ozzy. It, I'm trying to think, who the hell else did you? What was your other choice? You remember? Because I, I want to, I want to say, I want to say Skid Row. Or oh no, no, no! I was no. And I say that, and I shouldn't, because, like I said, I don't judge anybody's taste in music. If you like something, you like it. It, I just don't agree. That's all it is. Um, I was looking for something as, as far away from Ozzy as I could get. And since I'm down under, down under, I went with Cargo by Men at Work. But they've got That's an right. amazing, they do have an amazing tune on there. I love Overkill. <clears throat> and there's a band called Laszlo Bane that covered that. And they did one of the coolest things of all time. You can, and if you know, if you know the song, but um, they had, uh, 
they had Colin James Hay do the third verse. And so, and this is back when he's a bit younger. So they hit the first two tracks and then he comes in, I can get to sleep. And it's like, wow. And it's, it's, always so <laughs> it's always so fun to see a little bit like when run DMC covered walk this way. And oh, Tyler dude, that, that's a great yes. track. And when, and then, then when Steven Tyler comes in, it's almost like he's been singing this song for a billion years. And now this is how he sings it a bit now. Right. And so by the time Lazlo Bain ended up doing that track overkill, this would have been 20 years, well, maybe 15 years or so after um, Colin Hay originally had done the song. And he just puts a bit of a different spin on it. So it's really fun to hear his voice put a bit of a different spin on it. And he just comes in and just fills the room with his voice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They're a bit of a goof band. I get that. But the, oh, it's still no. fun. Trust me, if if you gave me any other thing about Ozzy, I probably would have went with Men at Work. I probably would have. <laughs> I, I love Men at Work's hits. I do. I, I don't really listen yeah, to their cool. other stuff, but I love I love Land Down Under, and I love uh, what the hell's the art hit they have that now? It's a mistake. Was the other big one off? Uh, I think that first one. Um, who can it be now? Off the first. Oh, who can it be now? Yeah. Who can yeah. it be now? That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's the other one I'm thinking of. I wanted to say. Uh, I keep wanting to say safety dance, but I'm like, no, that's um that's men with no hats. Yeah, men, men with no hats. Hat. It's all men. So I mean I wouldn't have been wrong. Yeah. It's like going to Chanty's okay. it's like going to Chanty's house on Saturday night. It's all men. But <laughs> uh, but uh Chancy, what album and I'm really excited for this one. Uh what album did you want to bring this week? Well, this week, uh you know, as it is with every other you know, I, I won't break tradition on the show anytime. I always get you guys' choices. I go to the old list and I hit shuffle. And then the first thing that comes up it immediately is what I'm going to go with, except for the next album, which already has been chosen ahead of time. But I'll, I'll go into that later. Um, I hit shuffle and Polka Dot Cadaver came on, but it was something I already brought. And I was like, dude, they put out a new album this year. So that was what I chose. Their brand new album, Echoes Across the Hellscape. It's not their. It's not like the. It's not their usual kind of an album. It's a bit more heavy than uh, some of their other stuff, which is another little treat of mine because I really love the hard element of the other band that a lot of those guys are in called Dog Fashion Disco, 
And it's almost like they kind of imported a little bit of that rough and rugged feeling from that into this other band, which is usually a lot more whimsical, I guess you could say, in some degree, some somewhat psychedelic to another degree. But it's fucking, it's just, it, I had to, li- I listened to it like three or four times trying to just even find a top five for me just because it was like, God damn, this is really fucking good. A lot of times there's some stuff I can skip over, but it just was like, man. And then there's stuff you look up and you realize, oh, fuck. Like, oh, fuck. Especially when you take something that really happened and turn it into an exquisite fucking song and done. Fucking done. Well, Dick, I'm dying to hear. What do you think of Chansey's album? Uh, that's, that's, uh, it was, it was something I had not, I'd never heard of Polka Dot Cadaver before. And you would think with a name like Polka Dot Cadaver, it'd be a bunch of ballads. Uh, but no, (laughs) no, it's, uh, no, it was, it was good. It's, uh, it's darker than some of the stuff I'd listened to. I remember it was a typo negative was one that got into some years ago. Uh, and that was some pretty dark ass shit. And this reminded me, uh, quite a bit of that, but there were a lot of tracks on I dug. I liked, uh, emotional creatures. Um, I, especially where the melody came in, uh, a dog without water was kind of neat, bit of a funky start. And it kind of had a bit of a Trent Reznor sort of sound, a bit of a nine inch nails sort of riff to it. Uh, some of the bit of the throbbing beat and the high and low, but again, dark. Uh, but I still dug it. Uh, eat my tongue. Uh, it's a great song to get a speeding ticket to, uh, especially with those <laughs> rat cat drums. Um, I like uh, Mrs. Gore, one of the slower songs on the album, uh, but I did like the driving tone to it. Godless Noise was another cool one, a great driving song. And uh, just catch me if you can. It's it's catchy. I, 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 something like that as a bonus. I put that as my bonus track. I'd love to see that done live. I really got a kick out of listening to that one. It, it's Again, like I said, this wouldn't, wouldn't have been something I, w- I would have whipped out, but uh, something I'll have to take a look at more. I'd like to hear some of the earlier stuff uh, now that oh. you've mentioned this is 2023, but I, I dug it. Chloroform girl. Party. Yeah. yeah. Purgatory, Purgatory Dance Party is their best album ever. It's amazing. It's yeah. They did. They just did a re-release of it. It was their first album that they put out. And on that album is the song that I'd said, Chloroform Girl. If it, it, it's like a sixties folk song, acoustic ballad about the most fucked up shit you can imagine. It's so great. You're going to get part of the way through the chorus. And you're going to be like, did he just fucking say that? Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, and yeah, the, the other band that they they came from, uh, Dark Fashion Disco, is just as fucked up in some of the shit they do. Like, they're, oh they're, yeah, they have a song called "Pogo the Clown." That actually, I might be, I mean, I might be going out and work with uh, my coworkers a couple weeks to do karaoke, and I, if they have one of those ones where you can get any song off YouTube, I might be doing "Pogo the Clown." <laughs> oh, dude, that's <laughs> just, awesome! I, I just want to see a look on people's faces when I do it, but, <laughs> but yeah, Chancy decided to bring Polka Dot to Dabber, and I. When he did, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I've been, as soon as I heard it, they, they released a new album a couple weeks ago. I've been dying to hear it since they didn't. I didn't have the chance to really like check it out yet. And because uh, Chansey got me into Dark Fashion Disco and then Polka Dot Cadaver, and I fucking fell in love with them. Like, they're incredible. They're the style of music they have is unlike anything I've ever heard in my life. And it's just whimsical. It really is just whimsical. Even Polka Dot Cadaver stuff's whimsical in a way. It's a I mean, it's some of it's heavy, some of it's not heavy. They go through so many different genres of music in their, in their CDs that's like ridiculous. It's it's pure ridiculousness. So I fucking love it. And this album did not disappoint. I mean, some of the other Polka Dot Cadaver albums I yeah, I can't love love. Like I do all like pretty much all Dark Fashion Disco's albums, but they're all good. Like I can listen to them all. It's just some of them are just eh, hit or miss songs. But 
this album was pure fire. And yeah, wait till you see my uh, top, buddy. But I, I was happy you whipped this out, which is something I usually don't say to you. But, you know, I was happy you whipped this <laughs> But, well, to the man with gray hair, what were your top five-ish? So, initially, I was going to, like, bring the whole album. Because, <laughs> I mean, it, it's only nine tracks. So, I was like, ah, oh, you know, fuck it. So, I did rate it all out through all nine. But... I'll go ahead and just do my top five. So uh, you might as well do all nine. Someone else might have done all nine as well. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll do it. I'll do it quick. So nine for me was catch me if you can. Uh, eight was eat my tongue. Uh, seven was godless noise. Six was emotional creatures. Uh, five was a dog without water. Uh, four was ripe fruit for the wicked. Three was where do I belong? Uh, number two is shape-shifting reptilian overlords. And number one for me was fucking absolutely Mrs. Gore because it's based on a true story. Like uh, some murder that happened down in Texas down in, in, in 1980, I think is when it was. And right. she hit her, this lady hit this other lady with an ax 41 times and was fucking acquitted. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like, so- 41 times, huh? Like, God damn. Modern- a modern day Lizzie Borden, but yep, uh, sort of. Well, I I believe Dick Ray gave us his top five technically, so yep. <laughs> unless I'm wrong. So, um, I did pull a Jeremy on your album, Jancy, and rank all nine because how could I not? It's funny though we only we only matched on two of them. We only matched on two of them. My number nine was Emotional Creatures because it. I mean. I thought it was gonna be a lot higher when I because the first song in the fucking album, but it went down pretty fast on that. Uh, number eight is "Where Do I Belong," which I'm honestly surprised is so low, but goddamn, this album just kept getting better the longer it went. Number seven was "Eat My Tongue" because I just don't like the sing style on that too much, but I, it was catchy ass lyrics and I did enjoy it. Number six was "Catch Me If You Can," which I saw the title and I was like, "Ooh, like my, one of my favorite movies," and I'm like, "No, nothing like a movie." Okay, uh, I can go low, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all, they're all they're all amazing tracks, but I mean, uh, number five was "Dog Without Water" because that song was fucking incredible, and I honestly wish I could be higher because it was such a fucking good song. The lyrics in that song are amazing. But and number four is "Right Foot for the Wicked" because that, I kind of felt like that was a sequel to "Pure Bedlam for Half Breeds." Kinda, I could see where you'd get that. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like it was a sequel to that song. But which is on uh, Purgatory Dance Party, if I'm not mistaken. But or no, that's yep, that's a DFD song, isn't it? Okay, yeah. No, I was no. like, Pure Bedlam's. Oh, it's on Purgatory Dance Party, right? Yeah, it's at the end. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. I'm right. Yep. Why, why do I keep questioning myself? It's not like me. But number three was Godless Noise because that was the first song on the album that really like blew me, blew me away. I was like, oh my god, like Godless Noise is amazing. <laughs> And being that me and Chancey are heathens, that just sank it even more. But uh, number two was Mrs. Gore, because that was an amazing... You know, the funny thing is, though, I didn't know it was based on a murder. I thought it was based on uh, Al Gore's wife. Tipper Gore? No, no. I thought it was about Al Gore's wife. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, oh, God. I, I knew. I, 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 had I, a, I, like, heard it, I heard it. I heard it. I, 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 
<laughs> we I was, I was listening to this shit last night and I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'll bet a dollar. I was thinking to myself, I'll bet a dollar Jeremy thinks it's fucking Tipper Gore. <laughs> fucking no, it's not Tipper Gore, dude. You uh, well, and of course, that means my number one had to be since I'm a paranormal podcaster, and it had to be the song about Hillary Clinton, um, shape shifting reptilian overlords. <laughs> Jesus <'Cause>, Christ! Because <laughs> that song is fucking incredible. I mean, and it, the fact that they brought reptilians into their song has just made me giddy like a schoolgirl about to get candy. But I mean, dude, like Jesus Christ, it was amazing. It, it, like that song is amazing. Like. I'm so happy I heard their CD. They're all on my like. They're all I heard them all from my like list on Spotify. So I will hear all these again. Like I, well, hopefully more often than I do the other songs that are in there by Dark and Disco because I don't know why they don't come up ever. But I don't do that. And thank you, Matt, for stopping by. I appreciate it, brother. Another great pair of post podcaster. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, Poker Doc ever fucking hey, keep coming out with shit, guys. Please stop, stop the long ass like pauses between albums. It pisses me off a lot. But and Dog Fashion Disco needs some new shit. They really do. Get back together. I'm trying to think of each other. No, they're they're still a thing. They do shows together all the time. Um, oh yeah, they'll do it. A lot of yeah, they do. Sometimes they'll tour together. One will like you know like they basically have a local band open, and then Polka Dot will do a mid card Dog Fashion you know main main events, and then they'll flip it flip it around the next night. Or if the, a lot of times the, they were doing virtual concerts where they would literally just do polka dot dog fashion, and they have another band called El Creepo, which is kind of more Todd, this lead singer's kind of you know uh, brainchild or something. But uh, yeah, yeah, they they're they're still doing stuff, and I want to say Dog Fashion put something out at least a few, at least a couple three years ago. So I mean, okay. that's one thing I always I. I I think they did. I think they did. Yeah, I like. That's what I like. I like the fact that they kind of take their time on it, though, instead of just you know pumping it out just to fucking get out the content. Like, uh, I mean, I agree. I I definitely agree. I mean, it's nice to have little breaks. I mean, Marilyn Manson needs to get off his fucking break and put another CD out. But I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in another show. And thank you, Brian. Lo- love the compliment, and thank you for sharing. That'd be the head of Parapost Network. The man. Oh, nice. Uh, but, but, uh, so for my album, because, you know, Dick wanted to bring Ozzy, and I'm just like, fuck, fuck, why do I keep getting artists I have to have a hard time matching? And it's like the fifth one in a row, for God's sake. And I'm like, all right, who am I going to match against Ozzy? I almost went with, who the fuck? I was like, do I do Iron Maiden again? No, it's been too soon. I was like, do I do Metallica? No, too soon. Do I do. System of Down, no, too soon. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm, so I'm like, all right, you know what? I haven't actually, I almost brought Creole Filth too because of the Mr. Crowley thing, but I decided not to. And I was just like, I did that recently, like twice. So, no, I'm like, all right, I haven't brought this band on the fucking hot minute, at least like six months. I think it has been like six months, Chancy, but I think it has. It, it was, uh, I think it was Fry's first time the last time I brought them on, if I'm not mistaken. Because it was Jamie's. I- it was Jamie's episode, original episode. I brought him on, and then I think Fry's was the second time. But so I'm like, all right, you know what? Ozzy's from London. Let's go with some German metal, not from the same era, really, but let's go with it. And I decided to bring Powerwolf's Bible of the Beast, which. 
I've brought their first album on for, and I brought their, well, what was their newest album at the time I brought it, but, and I just like, all right, I know Chansey didn't like the first album because it was too raw and they weren't really like together yet. I'm like, this is the, this is their third album. This is the album where Powerwolf came together and got like, they produced an album that has nothing but hits to me. So I can't, I can't skip one song on this album. It's a fucking incredible accumulation of great songs with, by a great vocalist and a great band. And I had to bring it. So I brought Bible of the Beast because it's fucking Powerwolf. And who doesn't? I love Powerwolf. It's one of my favorite bands in the world. And when they tour America finally for a second time, hopefully next year, I will be going to see them live because they were literally just in America in 2023 for the first time ever after performing for 20 years. So, see, now the whole time, Jeremy, I thought you brought Powerwolf because of the books that I've written. I honestly didn't even put that together until I was making the ad up tonight for the show. That's nuts. That's, I mean, I, <laughs> I believe in synchronicities. Things happen for a reason. So I was drawn to the wolf for some reason or another. And apparently but that even, was the reason. Just, your lead singer um, was, he's what, classically, he's trained in classic uh, opera and has a love of Romanian werewolf legends. So I'm thinking, oh, how nice. How nice. I've written a werewolf book. <laughs> So the, the boy goes and picks a guy who sings about werewolves. How great is that? So, no, and, uh, you, you could have lied to me and said, I did this for you. Dude. I, I, am an honest mother, I am an honest motherfucker. And as much as I want to, as much as I will be reading your books eventually after at some point, because I did read, I did, I did look into them a little bit tonight. I was like, ooh, they sound good. And I want to read them because I love humorous, paranormal type of fiction. It's always good. Like, uh, I think so. I mean, like, like Vampire Diaries had some. I'm uh, not Vampire Diaries now. Uh, Vampire Academy had like some good fiction, uh, good humor in there as well. Like Michelle Me did a good job with the humor in that. So I actually enjoyed the shit, out, the shit out of that sarcastic humor in those books. So I love that type of stuff. And one of my first guests in my paranormal show wrote two. It, well, she wrote, she published one, and she has a second one coming out that I beta read. And she adds humor to it like crazy. It's freaking hilarious. Like Star Wars references and stuff in it. So I fucking love her books. But and but. The fa- uh, what I was gonna really, what I was gonna say is uh, the the lead guitar and the rhythm guitar in the band are two brothers whose yeah. last name is Grey Wolf. That's the that's the great thing about it too. And like yeah. I, I want to go to one of their shows because they literally put on like their wolf helmets on stage and just howl at the audience. Like it's <laughs> I've seen I've seen videos of it. And it looks fucking epic. Like it like it's like when freaking Odorous Ungers came out with Guar and just shot his huge fake cock at everybody and. Chanty loved that part too when he went to the concert to see war. But so I got to hear, what did you think of Power Wolf? I, I love when having people hear this band for the first time. Are you asking me? Oh, yeah. Chanty's heard before. So I'm asking you. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had heard of Power Wolf, um, I think probably from my son because uh, he lives in Germany. Uh, but no, I, I dug him. It's, it's one of those things too when you come into it. We always say, you know, we're not going to judge books or albums by their cover. You're like, oh, these guys are going to be just nuts and screaming. But man, it's it's power metal, heavy metal. It's exactly the sort of stuff I would listen to, uh, and it's even melodic uh, in parts. You know, it was, and like I said, I mean, uh, what Attila Dorn? Uh, he's he's like training opera, and so this dude's got some range. He's got a hell of a voice. It's uh, this is definitely a band that I'll be listening to more of. I, I dug him. I really, really did. There is not a lot of bands that I would say in the last 15 years that I really 
that really were like, oh, I could listen to a lot more of that. These are, these are, uh, this is definitely one that I'll, I'll be checking out. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, they're so big in fucking Europe that they have like full albums where it's just other bands doing their songs. Like that's, yeah. that's how big they are in Europe, like in European metal, like other European metal bands just, there's, I think it's three or four of them now of albums of just people doing their songs. They just released another one. So, which I haven't listened to yet. And I'm dying to, cause it's, it, it's hit and miss. Some of some of the bands I hate the way they do they do their songs because they do way too much screaming shit in them. But uh, some of the other some of the bands are more melodic, like they are, and they do it fucking amazing. I think if radio were was where it was back, like in the late '90s, when I was more involved in it, I think there would have been a really good chance they would have made it to radio airplay. Uh, it's it's, oh, bit, it's right. a bit difficult, but but I know these days. I mean, I mean, it's damn near possible. But I, I think they would have. Oh. Um, it would have been an entirely different scenario. They're great. I really dug them. I mean, yeah, because I mean, I and I love operatic singers too. Because like one of my favorite, one of my favorite female singers is Tara from Nightwish, and she is a operatically trained classical singer. And her solo stuff and her Nightwish stuff is fucking incredible because of how she sings. Like, and it's heavy metal with her singing opera around it. It's fucking, it, it's like Trans Siberian Orchestra if they actually sang in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so it's freaking amazing, but. I'm happy you like Powerwolf. I'm, I'm, that makes me really happy because I love introducing people to like Powerwolf and my, my other favorite bands because it's just, I love European metal because it's the power metal that was good in the 80s. And I feel like yeah. American metal started falling off in the early 2000s somewhat. Like I, yeah. I like a lot of it, but it's some a lot of it I don't like. It just started to fall off for me. It became too emo, too, bleh, too whiny. I want to hear about taking down a church by storm. I don't want to hear about... I cut myself today. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, Chancy, what did you think of this third album of Power Wolf you had the pleasure of listening to? Um, honestly, Chancy, no, I, mean, I mean, it's not <laughs> terrible. Honestly, out of, out of all of them, I'd say I probably, this one was the most palatable. Mostly because... <laughs> I just love oh, that. It, that be, there would be a great music uh, music magazine review. This one's the most palatable. <laughs> I, love that I love that review. I mean, you know, I, I can't really. Normally, this would be where I'd go on a whole tirade about, you know, Jeremy's terrible taste and this, that, and the other. But I can't really. I can't do that. In all honesty, with this one, it really was. It was. It was pretty good. I got to give it. I got to give it its flowers on this one because, you well, know. See, I, I know you you actually really loved their first one, the first album I brought on that you said the the newest one at the time because yeah when I brought on the first album you were like eh, it sounds like they're not really like in sync yet like it was the first album yeah I, even I know that they're not that, that wasn't their best work because it was the first fucking thing they did but by this this by this third album I I mean the second album is pretty fucking awesome and I'm gonna bring it out eventually but the third album is where they really sank together perfectly and I it's I can't. It's it's one of their only albums I can't skip one song on. Like I love all their music, but on other albums I can definitely skip past some if I hear it too often. This this these ones, fuck no. As soon as I see Bob with the Beast cover pop up on my fucking like list on Spotify, it's just like okay, not skipping this, not skipping this. I don't care what song it is. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it honestly, I I I didn't have any difficulty picking you know five that I enjoyed the most. I can't say is that I would had. Didn't it's, I can't say that I wouldn't have been able to skip over any of the songs on there. I there was a couple of them I could have done without, but I mean, I the names that I can't think of off the top of my head. But 
the I well, the ones that I the ones that I have are ones that I really really enjoyed. I actually love the fact that you guys well, have very different uh, tastes in music. That's it's far more interesting when people don't agree on stuff than when people agree. <laughs> so it is. It's way 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 more interesting. Oh, but like, you know, uh, I mean, this is definitely one of those where, like, when I'm when I'm writing books. Um, I often will pick an album to listen to and I'll listen to just that album through the entire book. Uh, it's hard at the beginning because my head keeps on following the lyrics and after a while it becomes a background noise. And I just started uh, book four in the series and uh, I know Chansey won't love it, but I think I might actually pick this book as the, the well, this album is the album I listen to as I write uh, this next book in the series. Because that's pretty cool, though. Because, like I said, it's got wolf theme in it too, which is amazing. And it's and it's that's... got it's just it's got uh, it's got all the sort of elements that I like in uh, in rock music, and it's enough to where there's some surprises for me every now and then. Like I said, um, I haven't listened to a lot of new music in the last I don't know this century. <laughs> and it's really fun when I find something that is like, oh, you know, that's actually uh, some of the taste that I have. So I dug it. I love that, and I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind to thank you in the book. You're saying, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd fucking if you're gonna write a book about werewolves, Power, Power Wolf is the fucking band I would pick. I mean, shit, that or Avantasia, but I mean, Power Wolf is definitely the topic. <laughs> I mean, oh, Werewolves from Armenia alone, I would just put that in fucking repeat. But, uh, but yeah, and sorry to say, Chancy, but for this album, I had to pull a Jeremy as well here, and. uh that's why I start. I I I kind of figured that was happening. That's why I was like, I'll stick with five. He's probably gonna have a whole bunch. <laughs> I mean, I ranked I ranked all eleven, and I'm like, I, I'm only one I didn't rank is the intro, which is fucking incredible. But it's just not to me not, not, not worth putting on the ranking. But but uh, my number eleven Fair. was we take the my my number eleven was we take the church by storm because I mean that's one of those that's one of those, like I don't know. A lot of these are interchangeable. They really fucking are. I kept like I listened to see like three times today, debating back and forth which way to put things, and I just they're interchangeable as shit. But except for the top five, but number eleven is we take Church by Storm. Number ten was Moscow After Dark because I love like the Russian sound of that guitar, but it's just one of those songs. It's like yeah, it's amazing, but I yeah, it's not the best. Number nine is Wolves Against the World because I love that that that's a perfect closer. Beat. That's a perfect closer song on their album. They do they do really good opener and closer tracks. They really do. Number eight is Raise Your Fist Evangelist, because I love the ironicness of that song. <laughs> and it's just the, the the riffs in it are fucking incredible. The Grey Wolf Brothers on guitar are always fucking great. I, I really want to see this band live. It's like a fucking goal at this point. I might have to go to Europe. I might have to go to Europe to do it. Fucking do it again. I'll come back to America soon. But number seven was Panic in the Pentagram, because I just I love, I, as the show name tells you, I like alliteration and Panic in the Pentagram is kind of fucking awesome. But I mean, the fact that they they will not they they don't they never will say what their religion is because they jump back and forth between like talk like talking about the Christians, the Catholics, uh, talk, talking about Satanists, Satanism, and everything, and they never will admit what their religion is because they say they just they they like to talk about history, they like talk about these subjects, they just don't. They don't. They don't have to have, do it because they. This is their belief. They just want to talk about these subjects because they're fun subjects to sing about. Which, in fact, one of the I, brothers I, I, was asked. One of the brothers was asked, "Are you Christian? You Satanist?" He said, "No, we're medalists." <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, it's perfect. 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 I mean, I can see. I can see them saying that. 
And number six was Seven Deadly Saints because it kind of gets old the way that guitar goes in that one and the drums and everything. It kind of gets old like the dun dun dun, like a trying, like a throw ball. Just like, okay, move on. But my number five is Saint Satan's Day because I just love the lyrics in that song and it's funny. Saint Satan, I fucking love it. And number four is Catholic in the morning, Satanist at night. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry, I should say Catholic in the morning, Satanist at night, the way they say it. And I did not know what they were saying in that song for the longest time. And then I'm like, oh, they're actually saying Catholic. What the fuck? <laughs> but but I, I love that song. And it's funny because it's all those people who are religious but actually were like in cults at night and shit. That's the funny thing. Makes you think of the old days. Number three was Midnight Messiah because I love that fucking that's 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 like one of the darkest fucking awesome songs ever. Like, and the guitar, the top three top three songs I have, the guitar and all of them is fucking unbelievably good. And Attila's voice always blows me away. Number two is Werewolf Armenia. Never trust a werewolf from the east. I live by that rule. But that's a great line. And number one, it is. And number one is of course. Of course, the song that got me into Powerful from Pretty Sure, Resurrection by Erection, because it is the funniest <laughs> fucking metal song I've ever heard. Uh, point your phallus to the sky. Like, I fucking love it. And uh, that's one of the songs that actually got covered by another band. It was covered by a band called Battle Beast, which has this very thick, beautiful blonde as a singer. And, like, it's just, when she sings that song, it's so fucking incredibly great. Like I, Resurrection by Erection is just a funny ass song. I've used it so many times. I've put it in so many. When people ask me to bring up songs, I bring up that song always because it's just like, uh, I fucking love it. It's just a funny ass. I I can sing the whole song by heart when I'm in my car, fucking going along with it. It's just so fun. Like I would do that in karaoke in a fucking second too. But if I get two songs, it might be the second song, Chancey. Just saying. But so that was my top eleven. And like I said, the intro is fucking incredible. Top but it's just. Top 11, yes. Hey, did I do like a top 19 for RCP? So, yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> uh, I had enough time to go make fucking ramen noodles. That took so goddamn long. Hey, I got you. I got to, I'll let you eat. Be happy. <laughs> but, uh, Dick, I'm done here with your top five Marvel Power Wolf. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I, I loved uh, Raise Your Fist Evangelist. Um, uh, real catchy. I can see why this was their single uh, from a radio side, um, and then why that sort of helped uh, push the med, uh, band up the charts a bit because it's got kind of that radio feel to it. I think it was even nominated for a medal award as well. Uh, Panic of the Pentagram. Uh, and it's funny, you earlier you said like, "Oh, I can't bring Iron Maiden." There were moments in this album I felt I was listening to uh, some a bit of Iron Maiden to it. This one has got a bit of an Iron Maiden feel they, to it. They definitely um, looked up to Iron Maiden when they were younger. I'm guessing because I. I could hear it in a lot of their music. Iron Maiden, yeah. Iron Maiden, like hey, that's a positive for me. I dug Iron Maiden. Uh, yeah, some some Ozzy too. I could hear some Ozzy in some of their songs too. Like, but uh, Panic pretty- of the Pentagram, I could I could definitely hear Bruce uh, Dickinson singing that song. Seven yeah. uh, Deadly Saints, I love that. Um, the staccato lyrics, um, the fast uh, guitar and percussion. Werewolves of Armenia uh, kicks off where I feel I feel like I'm in church, especially with the Latin in there. Um, kicking off with uh, a phrase that means a, a song of the wolf. 
Um, but uh, this must be an amazing, I don't know if you've ever seen them live. This must be really cool. Cause I, my guess is that the crowd chants hoo-ha during this song. I, I, oh, I don't oh, know. But... Yeah. They, uh, there's, I've seen videos of them live and like the crowd is chanting a lot during their songs, everything right. else. And I mean, like they get the crowd to howl back at them and everything. And the people yeah. in there, like there are, people, there are people in the audience that are crying because they're so happy. There's people in the audience that are just, like, so taken, <laughs> so taken by the music. They're dancing and shit. Like they're, like it's like not even a mosh pit, really. It's just, I mean, there's like a pit, but like people aren't moshing. They're just like dancing in circles. Like it's, that's cool. It's like an old school goth like dance off, basically. But I really I love know. that uh, Wolves Against the World, uh, the uh, cool church organ start to it. I could. It's one of those songs you go like. I could see them either opening or closing a show with uh, with this song. And again, some of that Iron Maiden influence, uh, the machine gun, uh, machine gun guitar tones. <laughs> and then I love that we are the Blood Red Five, uh, which is great. And I like you, um, Resurrection by Erection. What a fun song! Raise your bone to the sky, and you're never gonna die. Uh, no, a fun band, a really fun band. I'm looking forward to hearing more from them. Yeah, they actually. Uh, since you talk about them live, they actually did a. Uh the hell was it during during covid they actually did a um live like a, a live cyber show and oh, right. it was i didn't get to see it because i didn't want to pay for it but i mean it was fucking incredible i'm trying to find out what the fuck it was called i can't find it but and actually yeah you're right raise your fist evangelist was nominated by metal hammer for the metal anthem for 2010 so yeah, yeah. And they actually they won they won best album of the year for the first album I brought in the show uh, Sacramento Sin they won, Metal Hammer gave them best album of the year, but and they won best German band in 2015. So they I mean they, and it's probably and this is no shade this is probably one of the reasons why Chancey doesn't like it. It's definitely got a we're moving into a bit more of a radio feel to it. But I come from the radio world and and I like those sounds. I'm used to those kind of sounds, and so I can definitely see where this album is something that kicked them up to the next level. Oh, okay. Yep. See, we weren't we, we weren't wrong either because their main influences are Black Sabbath, Merciful Fate, Forbidden, and Iron Maiden. So we weren't right. wrong. Merciful right. Fate. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they're fucking incredible. Um, what the hell was that thing called? I forget what the hell it was called. I can't fucking find it. But they they, they did this awesome live show and they call their concerts Metal Masses. Like that's what they call them. Like it's they they think it's, to them it's basically like going to church. So it's, I mean, and their pyrotechnics in every fucking video I've seen are so incredible. So I mean, I'm I would love to see them live, and I I I could have went earlier this year, but we just didn't have the money, the time for me to go to a concert really, and I got young kids, so it's not fair. To we we had to find a babysitter because my wife would want to go with me, of course, and because I mean, girls at Powerwolf concerts, I mean, shit. But <laughs> so you you brought up Iron Maiden, you know, it's it's funny because Iron Maiden, I actually never really made it uh to radio in the u.s i don't know what it was a big anti-iron maiden thing on the radio we never i don't think i ever played an iron maiden track in all the years i did radio weirdly uh in South new America. zealand they're kind of a thing here uh, even so, so much as like when they you know because bruce flies the 747 uh, they covered the fact that he was flying in town the news covered this uh, when when Bruce Dickerson ended up having some uh, medical issues, the news covered it. So I think it's one of those things like in New Zealand, like if you show a bit of love to New Zealand, they're India. And so he actually came and I was part of a television show for seven years. He came on our show. And so here's my my bragging rights, my Bruce Dickerson moment. So I got a chance and I never, ever I never did this with guests, but I was like, I got to take a photograph with Bruce. And so 
and I never did this. I think he did it twice. It was him and Brian Cox, the physicist. I think those are the two people I got photographs with. And so I was like, hey, great. And so we're standing there and Bruce was in the green room and I and I kind of uh, put up the horns. I was like, yeah. And he looked at me and he jammed both of his hands in his pocket. <laughs> he was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I don't know what it was. He was probably tired, but uh, but a good cat. He was great. Yeah, I mean, he he he's 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 always busy. He's always fucking doing shit. Like he has like yeah. seven or eight major hobbies, and flying is one of them. But he has like seven or eight major hobbies. He's he, yeah. he's a fucking decorated military like veteran. Like he's fucking yeah. his story. He, they need to do a movie about Iron Maiden for fuck's sake. You do one about Molly Crew, which I love, but do one about Iron Maiden. They're- there is a doco um, about Iron Maiden. You can find it on YouTube. It's quite fun. And I don't want to bore Chancy with this. And I'm not being silly. It's oh, just, no. Uh, I'm, but, I'm, uh, you're absolutely not boring me at all. I love okay, Iron good, Maiden. Good, good. I mean, yeah, well, oh, great, great, great. I, I just know when people don't want to do it like certain bands or something like that, you'd be like, oh, God. Oh, I, yeah. No, but, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, all about, I'm here for it. But no, Bruce, Bruce was pretty damn funny in this because uh, he was talking about, I can't remember the name of the original singer, <laughs> but he's just got such a cocksure style to him where he, he was he was watching the band and he goes like, yeah, I can do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sort of launches in and, and, and steps up into the role when the opportunity provided itself. He's got He's got that old school rocker attitude of like, you know, balls to the walls, but there's there seems to be a bit of a sincerity about it and something of uh, of all things that there's a bit of humility in the, hidden in there somewhere if you look for it. Paul Deano, that was the original singer. That's, I was gonna say I thought Paul. it was Philip. I was like, it's not Philip, but it starts with a P. And I can't fucking remember his name. Paul Deano. Yeah, but that dude's version of uh, "Murders in the Room Org is, is is amazing. That's that's a pretty damn. He, he his is, I would argue his is better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a valid point. Iron Maiden, I don't think would ever have got as big as they are if it wasn't for South America culture, because South America embraced Iron Maiden with like a fucking passion never before seen, and that's where they got huge. Like, if you watch like their Fear of the Dark like performance in in South America, like live, I think it's in Brazil. Like, oh my god, the audience is so into it. I mean, and I've talked to like people people from like Mexico and South America that I worked with before in the states, and there's like. Like, yeah, a lot of people down there are into like dark shit. So they love like Iron Maiden, those types of bands, because they think it like represents their Satanism or whatever they're into. So But it's always fun too to see when like uh when a member of the band comes in and changes the influence. It's like we're talking about Power Wolf and how the lead singer was into Romanian werewolf legends and things like that, and how that sort of influences some lyrics in the band and sort of some of the attitudes and maybe even some of you know, the costumes and that. And when Bruce came in to within to Iron Maiden, I mean, he, he was, it seemed like he loved classical literature, you know, uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. In fact, I remember taking a uh, literature class in high school and I was able to quote that small passage back <laughs> and, and impress my teacher. Cause I knew, uh, I, I knew, uh, I knew some of Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by heart. It's like, Oh yeah, you know, I've, I've read. <laughs> listen, listen to that song live on the live after death album again and again and again but he thought it was just really uh, uh well read when it came to uh my literature but no yeah no it's right we, uh, it's funny it's funny you brought that song up because that was actually the album i mean album i brought against prince uh, about a couple months back i brought uh power slave so <laughs> yeah. but yeah. great so chance chancy i'm dying to know what were your top five powerful songs so, 
my number five was uh, Wolves Against the World. Uh, number four was Panic in the Pentagram. Uh, number three was Moscow After Dark. Uh, number two was uh, Catholic in the Morning, Satanist at Night. And number one for me was uh, Prelude to Purgatory. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> That's why I kept mentioning the fucking intro of mine, dude. That's why I kept mentioning the fucking intro, because I knew that was going to be your thing. Every, uh, every time. Any any opportunity you give me where there's an intro or a skit fucking somewhere, it's going straight to the top for me. <laughs> I mean... I but mean, also, you you got to give it its flowers. It's not like it's just like a hokey little joke thing that I always do all the time. It's a solid song on its own. I mean, it is. And it it goes into the first song very well, but it really does. But uh, I mean, it, their shit always runs together really well. And that's why I love them. But like in the first when I brought their first album, there was a song on it called Lucifer and Starlight. And it's not very lyric heavy. It's a lot of like nature sounds and like yeah it's basically, supposed, it's basically supposed to be like lucifer landing on earth when he got cast out oh. and it and it's freaking like eerily creepy beautiful like it's it's like something you'd see in a tim burton movie or like something you'd hear in a Marilyn manson album but it's just that creepy beautiful sound but i don't know i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it immensely and I, yeah, so, so happy I got to bring Bible of the Beast finally. And actually, the fact that I really got to make that fucking list of all the albums we ever brought and keep it active, but I think it's the only the third power of album I ever brought. I'm pretty sure, but I know I brought more um, Nightwish than I did Power Wolf. So, yep. And you were right. The first time you brought Power Wolf was with Fry. Uh, oh, that was the second time. The first time was with Jamie. Oh, you're right. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, though. Yeah, slash snake. Yeah, slash snake bit. Because everybody, yeah, yeah, because everybody loves fucking, uh, oh, everybody I brought it on for liked Powerwolf. That was the funny thing, except you, but. Yeah, well, so, you know, that's, that's got to, I got I to do something, you know, shit. But, well, folks, we brought you the albums three, and I'm excited for next week's show as well, because we have a harpist coming on who also sings from, and I believe she's from South America somewhere. And she's, she's absolutely gorgeous. So I'm, I'm 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 excited for that one. But her music actually it's it's she does like heavy metal harp playing. So it's kind of fuck yeah. Kind of, I, I gotta send you to, I gotta send you her YouTube page, Chancy. But um, I'm gonna so do it. I do not know what album she's bringing yet, but we will find out uh, soon enough. Or me and Chancy will. You guys have to wait a week, huh? But uh, we'll figure that out next week. And we want to thank Dip for coming on because it's been a fucking awesome show. We had a lot of fun with them and. We're definitely gonna get you back on again because you're you're fun as shit to talk music with. So, anytime. yeah, dude, yeah for no, sure. Love to, guys. Anytime, brother. All right, and but before we wrap it up, of course, Dick, tell us about your book series because I'm actually dying to hear a little more detail. Uh, just like a short, a short, a short description of what it's about. Don't give any spoilers away, you know. I can I can give you the very uh, short version. So it's 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 about Kane is about a wolf who gets who gets bitten by an infected man. He wakes up the next day and he becomes human. Uh, but when uh, the moon comes out, he transforms into a werewolf. Uh, depending on the moon phase, sometimes he turns into a dog. Um, and so <laughs> he's now searching for uh, the guy who bit him uh, to find the secret to become a wolf again because he doesn't want to be human anymore. So that's basically what the entire series is about. It's a wolf that turns into a human that's trying to unlock the secrets to become a wolf once again. And it's uh, 
and and what's exciting is in about uh, just a week or so, um, the very first audiobook. If you're an audiobook listener, because I know a lot of podcast people are, Kane, the very first audiobook is coming out. You can check that out on Audible. Nice. I prefer, I prefer I prefer to actually read a book. That's my preference. But um, no, I, I, no, I've got it in the reading form as well. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually am an old, really old-fashioned person that prefer to hold a book in my hands. But due to constraints of modern-day society, I have to use Kindle. But I live, and it's funny because that basic plot reminds me of uh, an, ep- an episode of X Files when they rebooted it back in 2015, 2016. And there's a there's a monster of the week episode where it's a guy who he turns into a he's a swamp thing like monster, but at night he turns into a human. <laughs> so it's there's a similarity there um the one yeah. like i mentioned one difference because as i was writing the book uh, being selfish as an author i was sitting there saying to myself like i don't want to wait the 28 days 29 days to have fun with this human because when kane the wolf turns into a human he turns into naturally six foot seven french canadian and so this six foot seven <laughs> french canadian is going around and i don't want to have to wait 28 days for that dude to turn into a ah, werewolf so how can I have fun in between? And I started to wonder about this. And maybe because I think you're both horror fans. It's always a full moon. Why is it always the full moon? Why not? It's still moonlight and a half moon or quarter moon. So I started to think, well, what if, okay, werewolf in the full moon. So what is a half moon or quarter moon? Of course, that would be lesser wolves, which are dogs. So if it's in a sliver <laughs> of the moon, if it's a sliver of a moon, he turns into like a little, little lap dog. If it's a half moon, he turns into a pug. Everyone loves the pug. Three-quarter moon might turn into a Rottweiler, and so that's part of the fun of the story. If he goes into the moonlight when there's like a lesser moon phase, he doesn't know what he's going to turn into. And so that's part of the fun of the book. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. I, it's, re- uh, I, I really want some streaming service to make a fucking series out of that. I really do. We'll see, man. We'll see. Fingers crossed. There were, there were people sniffing around. We'll see what might happen. I I could see fucking Hulu doing such a good job with that. That'd be awesome. It would be especially the do that that element of potential comedy there. Just the fucking just bro straight up not having a good time. Dude, it you know it's funny because I was really really lucky when when Podium Audio came to me do the audio book. I was like, oh god, I just got to get the right person. They got this guy. Um, who has done like 600 different audiobooks, and he's also classically uh, trained in opera. So, but so he nails this because I've got I'm real lucky they gave me two narrators. So the main one, the main narrator is a young woman named Amelda, who's his partner, um, and uh, she drives around for him because he can't drive. Uh, and and so the main uh, the main guy Tim Campbell, he's voicing that. So good. He's so good. I can't wait for people to hear this. Uh, it's really, really good. But again, if, if you're if you're old school and, and reading like I, uh, I'm a reader as well, uh, check out the book either in uh, ebook or paperback uh, and hardcover actually. But yeah, I can't wait. Audiobook comes out here real soon, and it's really amazing. And I think it's the sort of thing that some of the folks who are interested in potentially turning into a bit of a series are going to listen to that and go, I can see how to make this work because that's where a lot of the humor is because in those Tim Campbell chapters, that's from Kane's perspective. We see, we see our world through the eyes of a guy that is used to be a wolf. And yeah, there's a lot of humor opportunities there. It's really a lot of fun. I, oof. okay. I, I'm already getting ideas of who could play the friggin' main character. But, um, you check it out. Tell me, man, because you know what? Like I said, book four, my thanks to Jeremy for getting me my, uh, my, my inspiration, uh, my album inspiration for book four. I'm thinking that, uh, Powerwolf Bible of the Beast is going to be it. 
I, I have a feeling that this guy might have to go to Germany to find that wolf. But maybe he hopped on ship. Maybe the wolf hopped on a ship somewhere. Who knows? But that's right, right. Hey, thanks for having well, me, guys. I really, I had a great time with that. You guys have a real fun show, real unique, and uh, it's great. I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for and saying it, man. And we're glad to have you. Of course, we're really happy to have you. It's been a fucking amazing show. Um, where where can they find all? Where can they find everything about you? What's your site? Uh, just my name, dickwybrow.com. All the information is there and you can find the books on Amazon. The paperbacks are available you, all over the place. Um, you go to Walmart or Barnes and Noble. And if they're not in the stores, you can order them there. If you prefer not to go through the zone. Mm, uh, I don't mind giving Jeff, Jeff Bezos my money, but yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> and I, I got, and I got the Kindle Unlimited, so I don't know if it's on there, but if it is even better, <laughs> I, I love Kindle Unlimited. So many fucking great books for Hey, it's in Kindle Unlimited, so definitely check it out there. All right, cool. (laughs) I might start start reading the first one tomorrow on my lunch lunch break. I just might. Do it to me. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, I'll probably probably be able to get like three or four chapters in if they're the same as the other books I tend to read. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they ain't no Stephen King chapters for God's sakes. But (laughs) I love Stephen King, but goddamn, some of his chapters, I'm just like, I can't get through a chapter on lunch. What the fuck? And then some, some of them, it's like 20 chapters in one lunch. It's like, what the fuck? Dude? Pick, a, pick, a, pick a pace. Pick a pace here. But, Chancy, where can they find you besides the void just being your grumpy self? Well, you know, I mean, the uh, the most uneventful scavenger hunt in internet history is still, is still abounds. I have been found, and someone has forced my hand into picking an album, which will be brought next week, whether we like it or not. Uh, no, no, not going to give that one away until we go and do it next week. Um, this is my actual first name on, on Facebook. If you can find me, then you either get a chance to potentially come on or I have to pick your album. Okay. So then that's covered. Uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok is the red eye round table and, uh, on X or formerly known as Twitter, it is red eye table. C, senor. C. And you can find both of us on Facebook as the Uncensored, Unapologetic, and Untamed Podcast Collective, YouCube. Good old Facebook group there, where we stream live a lot of times, sometimes. And you can also find us on XXBaby in the Gram as that Juggle of Bastard. And on the Tiki Talkie as that Juggle of Bastard Podcast. And you can find us on YouTube as Maniacal Music Musings. Or you can find us streaming live on Facebook as Parapost Network. And we also stream live on Twitter, which now, now allows people to comment during the lives, which is fucking awesome that they finally did that. So, X, you're doing something right, at least. Yay. And I can actually see people watching on X now. That's a whole other development. So, X is actually finally getting in the podcast game. And it's fucking awesome. But we would like to thank Dick one last time for coming on because he was a fucking amazing guest. And, folks, he will be fucking back. We, it's always, if any guests that we had fun with, we will definitely bring back at some point. We, I, th- I think actually towards this summer, we might do a summer repeat and have a lot of the previous guests on that we've had fun with. So there's some, there's some faces you might not see again, but Dix is one of the ones you will see. So uh, until, <laughs> next, until next time, your musers are out. Uh, some of us have to go walk our loud, annoying dogs. But <laughs> peace out. They're dogs. wolves. They're wolves.